Hey everybody, my name is Alex and I'm coming at you straight from the perch and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now if you um, haven't listened to the past two episodes, I strongly encourage you to do so. Um, the last Thursday episode, meaning an episode like this where I'm talking about a show, was on Hajimino Ippo. That thing is fantastic um, and you should definitely go listen to it. The other one, the Sunday one... It's probably the more important one, not for this episode, but just in general. But it's about all the crap that, like, is certainly fixable, but Crunchyroll hasn't bothered to fix. Or not about all of it, but about some of it. That they really have an obligation to, now that they're, like, the biggest anime streamer in the game. Like, that comes with certain... That should come with certain obligations to the viewer that they're just not doing. They're just not doing, and um, if you want a great kind of running awareness of that in podcast form, definitely go listen to Anime Roundtable. They're the not only the, the official um, anime podcast of Anime Norse, the um, Canadian anime convention, um, but they are also probably the place, probably the singular podcast aside from um, Anime World Order, of course who inspired me to want to podcast about anime and talk about anime on the internet. But they've been around forever. They took a huge break at some point there. And they've been back and forth. And they've had really good thoughts and coverage and discussions about... it From a, like an old guy fan perspective, a.k.a. somebody like in my age range... Um, about the Funimation merger, especially... Um, if you're in the United States and you've ever wanted to hear perspective of a different country on all this shit, they are broadcasting out of Canada. So definitely go give that a listen. Um, but without further ado, I want to jump right into this because I have a feeling this is gonna be a big, this is gonna be a big cool one because we're talking about ranking of kings.
now for um for, for the four years before the before the the pandemic or Neil Patel over at the Verge has started calling it before the panty started. I gave a panel, which many of you may know me from, actually, um, called Full Metal and Beyond. And I do want to bring that panel back, but the full title of it was Full Metal and Beyond, an Exploration of Disability in Anime. And in the past... In the past decade, we've gotten a lot more in that vein. The most obscure of which is probably the entirety of the monster girl genre, which, to be fair, was born out of a manga artist who has a real fetish for, like, the D&D bestiary, basically. But, um... He he went on to make Monster Musume, which became insanely popular because it was an because it was odd enough but commercial enough to be insanely popular and then we started to, but we've also gotten things like gangsta which is a very kind of awesome portrayal of a main character who is death um we got things like no game like no guns life which is just about disabled people with with full-on prosthetic bodies, like, doing their fucking best in a fucked-up world. And, but probably most recently, and most and to the most recent popularity, we have gotten Ranking of Kings. Now, before I get into Ranking of Kings proper, I want to preference this conversation with something very important. I am a physically disabled adult man that I just want to put that in your head as like a framing of how I'm going to handle this show the other thing I want to tell you is that ranking of kings is very much set up to be popular for a bunch of reasons first and foremost the art style and the way it tells its story its story starts fairly simply but then complicates to a point where if you want to go down all this all the rabbit holes you can but you don't need to, and there, it's not so twisty and turny, and it's not... There's nothing in the story that they aren't willing to show you. They aren't willing to explicitly take take a moment in the series, or take like a series of ep- a couple of episodes in the series, and show you, like, this is what happened here. And in that way, it... It emulates kind of the main character, our main character, Boji, but it also emulates this idea of... There's a kind of... There's a way of talking about the past to people, especially young people and especially people who are perceived as being lesser than, that glosses over the detail, that glosses over the important, the things that give everything context. And by doing that, A, you don't help anybody, but B, you give it this air of importance and mystery that probably doesn't exist. And you see this the most in, like, really history books and stuff like that. Because, and there's... There's a reason for not doing it. To get into the A to B would be to drag somebody, like, sometimes kicking and screaming through 
Like little things that don't seem to matter in history, but all add up to this hole at the end that created the situation we're all in now. The deeply fucked up war in Ukraine is a perfect example. If you follow that back, you'll find that everything links to each other and leads to, you could have seen this coming since 2014, if not sooner, if you were paying attention. It's not rocket science. But everybody wants to believe that it's rocket science because that makes them feel better. And one of the best things about Ranking of Kings is that it doesn't take its, it takes its story seriously, but not in a way that it's like exclusionary. So, our, our story starts and focuses on our main character, the... Our, our, and this is important, Boji, our main character, is not our perspective character. He is, in fact, many ways, uh, like, an accessory to the story that's happening, that's happening to him and at him constantly, and part of the joy of this show is watching him deal with, sto- with like, story beats, with love and kindness in ways that, like, no no adult around him has thought of doing since they were children and that'll that'll come back in a second this this also this is very much not over i think the last episode episode 21 and that introduced a new character we hadn't seen before so we'll get and that's why i said that most of the adult characters have not thought of since they were young children um but Boji is one of two princes of the kingdom of Boss, and his father, King Boss, is a giant. They don't really tell you that he's a giant, but he's like, he's straight up like a skyscraper of a man who's like a, ten stories high and like three stories wide, kind of thing. Um, and. Boss is very clearly on his last legs. And Boji is the firstborn prince. But Boji has... But there's a problem. Boji is actually disabled. He is... I believe he's deaf. Actually, he, he is deaf. But they say it is deaf and mute because if you haven't... If you don't know anything about being deaf, being deaf and being mute are actually two separate things. But if you're deaf from birth, you never gain the, like, you don't hear all the stuff going around you. So you never get past the, like, ah, 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 in many cases. Or it takes you a very long time to learn that stuff. Actually, a great way of seeing this in action is in Gangsta. And I'm going to probably bring up Gangsta a couple more times. Nicholas and Gangsta, when, when you hear him talk, it it doesn't sound right. It sounds almost like a computer attempting speech in a natural way like a human. And that is pretty true to life in terms of like how deaf people might talk. Because they know they know the shapes to put their mouth in, but they don't know how to like vibrate the chords to make the correct sounds. So 
it takes them a long time to learn that and to learn, like, how you say things pretty, um, pr- pr- how you, how you would say things correctly or naturally. So sometimes they speak in broken English, sometimes they speak in d- ways that, like, you, you hear it and you make sense, but if you saw it written down, you're like, that, that's funky. And also, there are, div- there are different levels of deafness in the same way that there are different levels of blindness. Some people are completely pitch black at all times blind. Other people are blind, but they can see shadows. This, this is true of being deaf as well. Like, and there's also like applied deafness like you see in something like... Um, like uh, Hawkeye, like um, like Hawkeye from Disney Plus, and I actually mentioned in a couple Sunday episodes uh, back that deafness has become a popular disability to be displayed in media because you can use the media to force that effect onto the viewer and make them exp- experience at least a tiny piece of that. Um, but it's not. And that's part of the reason why it's so popular is because if this show wanted to, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it did. And it does a little with Dida, the next character I'm going to talk about. Um, You could make the audience experience it in a way that is like, A, not permanent, but B, in a way that's really affecting by merely like cutting the audio track and forcing them to experience what Boji experiences every single day, maybe for an entire episode. And, but because of Boji's deafness, everybody in the kingdom, while they love him, and this is a really common, this is a really common problem for disabled people, but especially disabled children, is People may love you, but they will see you sometimes necessarily, sometimes unnecessarily, unnecessarily, many times unnecessarily, as so limited that, like, accommodations need to be made. That you need to... You need to, like, worry... You need to worry constantly about them. You need... You need caring for in a way that someone else wouldn't need caring for. And this is very true of Boji. So you show, you are introduced to Boji playing in like a, in like a field. Just really just chasing bugs around in a field. And you're introduced to him and you're introduced to the kind of first supporting character of this show... A character named Kage, who's a little, like, shadow pool with eyes. And he's got, like, one hand and, like, a weird claw thing that functions in the mouth. And that's very important. We'll bring that up in a minute because Kage is the biggest ally of disabled people and especially Boji, like, in this show. Possibly in all of anime or media. It's incredible. And... Kage basically holds Boji at knife point. It's like, give me all your clothes, you rich kid. 
And or he, actually, at first, he's like, give me your money. And Boji's like, I, I don't have money. But the key point is, Boji isn't sign, knows sign language, but isn't using sign language with um, Kage. He's just, like, making the ah, ah, ah sound at him. And Kage just kind of, like, infers. And that's pretty common for most of this show. It's like, lots of the characters, they just totally infer and understand what Boji is saying without using sign language. Every once in a while, Boji will, like, take take pity on people and, like, use sign language, but it's really not very often, which tips you off to a couple of things in the show that will come up later in my conversation about it, in my, in my thoughts about it. But he goes, like, how do you understand me? And he does a series of, of like, of sound scenes, like, how do you understand me? <laughs> Kage, who at this point is doing double duty of, like, translating for himself, but also saying that out loud so the audience understands it. It's, like, giving the audience a crush to understand Boji, which Kage constantly does, which is fucking incredible. Um, He's like, I don't know. It's just, like, it, it, I, I just understand you. It all makes sense. And... The key point I want to bring up about Kage here is Kage is from a, like, a clan of, like, shadow assassins who are these, like, weird shadow-bodied creatures who have served a different king for their entire, most of their existence as a clan of assassins. But who were chased out of, who were, like, hunted to, to, hunted to almost extinction with the exception of Kage... All, like years ago, like probably seven years ago, maybe, maybe less than that. But Kage was a young kid, so Kage is established to be the same age as Boji, but he is functionally more mature because he's not a prince. He's an outcast who has had to like literally, literally become the shadows he looks like and like hide and steal and beg and scrape in order. Up until now in order to, to survive. So he's not. He's not picking on a weakling. Because he would. He would otherwise do that. He's picking on a weakling because. In his life. That is the way that he has gotten. Money to live. And that's very important. To Kage. What he's doing. Is not a by choice thing. Even if he acts like it. It's a necessity in his head. That has to be done. And that's a real difference in character motivation than, like, your average highwayman who could go and get a job and, like, make a cop, half a copper a day and save up and blah, pull yourself up by the bootstraps that you can't do because the Middle Ages of magical time in most likely France. Bullshit. Um, so... Through a series of, like, boji... Like, Kage stealing Boji's clothes and Boji showing up naked, like, in the, in the, in the kingdom proper constantly. You meet several other, um, and I'm actually going to pull up, um, the, the anime, the, like, anime's, um, 
Wikipedia page here because I want to get these names right because they're while some of some of them are similar on purpose for gags that come up later in the show, many of them are just similar, but they're all important because how they function in the story. Um, so after showing up a bunch of times, with about twice without his clothes on, actually, it, the kingdom gets concerned and like. The queen and the king and like everybody else is like this is this ain't great looking, and you first meet. They call her Hilly. They call her Queen Hilly in the um in the dub in the dub, but in the subtitles it's Hilling. And Queen Hilling, you notice there's a couple key things. She's first up. She's, like, really cool to Boji, and she's just, like, un- like, she gives him no excuses. She, 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 she doesn't accept any excuses. She, like, she reprimands him for showing up, basically, in his underwear every, like, every, for the past two days as he's coming home from just hanging out in the fields. But she does it in sign language. And so there's this... There's this moment where if you don't know anything about signing and about learning sign language and about, like, all the kinds of accommodations that can that can be made for disabled people, that it feels like something that the queen is putting up with because she has this stepson who is, that's the only way she can communicate. Later on in the story, you find out... I'm going to jump around the story at this point because it's beneficial for you to get a full picture of this in under, like, three hours, basically. But I later on, you find out that Hilling is actually Boji's stepmother. His real mother died in, a, like, a really brut- brutal fight with a associate... with a... With, Essentially, like, an ex-girlfriend of... Not really an ex-girlfriend, but, like, a... Like, a surrogate younger sister character to King Boss. And a bunch of circumstances led to King Boss marrying this giant... Marrying this woman, this female giant. Having Boji. Boji was disabled at birth and also, like, stripped of his... Stripped of his giant powers, so he came out like a... Tiny, tiny human. And he... But there's a key point here. He is no smaller than any of the other kids that you see in the show. Like, when you see other kids, the only difference to him is that he's deaf. Everything else seems fine. But the thing that you find out about Hilling about Queen Hilly, I'm just going to call Queen Hilly, it's easier, is that she became, like, determined to become, because when she married King Boss, she didn't have a child of her own. She became determined to become this child, to become this, like, little deaf kid's mother. And she, like, does everything she can to be this kid's mom. Like, in, in like, a way that intent, like, intensely and insanely 
heartwarming and in ways that in the time period this show is taking place and even now would not would be extraordinary for a person much less an adult coming into a scenario to do she spends like nights like like nights for like a month learning sign language from from the from the staff of the castle and it's like showing it to the head swordsman to like the like big four guards of the kingdom like can I talk to Boji yet will you let me talk to Boji please god (laughs) I need to like ingratiate myself to this little kid because like he lost his mom and he deserves a mother and this is terrible and like I just want to care for this kid and over time and over a series of like plot beats she does like her and Boji grow really close and so once you learn that the her introduction scene would scene when she seemed really cruel you see that even in the act of learning sign language which she later learns that like she doesn't need to do like he's just straight up like ah yeah I can read your lips <laughs> or Kage's like ah oh, Boji said you really don't need to waste time with sign language he can just read your lips it's fine he knows what you're saying even better than when you use sign language and also you're kind of not the best at it and she just gets embarrassed and she's like ah oh, god damn it he knew <laughs> There's, and I ha- I have this with only two of my friends. My first friend, the my co-host on my podcast, uh, on the um, on the Uncanny Curve podcast, which you can go listen to. We're on break right now because of technical and scheduling, and because of technical scheduling nonsense. Um, but I have this with. My friend Lauren, I have this with my friend Kie, who is in Japan. Hi, Kie. It's getting close to both of our birthdays. We have birthdays. Our birthdays are in like within 10 days, literally within 10 days, within nine days of each other. And um, there's this adaptation to people with disabilities that people who are close to them tend to adopt because... If you've ever seen somebody with a disability, you do not realize exactly how much they are doing in order to make you okay with them in the same setting. It's it's very similar to like code switching and all the things that minorities do around the majority population all the time. So, for example, I'll give you an example from my life, and I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. When I get a brace made for my leg and I need to wear a leg brace to be able to walk around in the world, I literally demand that it be able to, that my leg brace be able to fit in a dress shoe. Because A, dress shoes are usually the most restrictive of the like men's shoe types. And B, if I'm working in an office or if I'm in a situation where I should be wearing dress shoes, I don't want to give myself the excuse. I don't want to give people the excuse when they look at me of, 
Oh, he wears a leg brace all the time. It's okay that he showed up to a wedding wearing sneakers. It's not okay. It's okay because I'm disabled. And that because I'm disabled part had ne- does not fit well with any dis- person with a disability. And the people who make your prosthetics, who build your wheelchairs, who do all of those things, should be able to compensate for that. It's the year of our Satan, 2022. Those people should be forced to get their shit together. So, oftentimes, people who are really close with disabled people will make concessions and adjust for people with disabilities because they... Because, like, it's a form of relaxing to give in to... For me to, like, give in to my natural limp when I don't have a brace on. It's a form of relaxing to only have... To have a specialty knife that is, like, a circular knife that I can use with one hand. Those concessions... And they're not even concessions. Those adaptations in the world around me are considered and they make my life just a little easier and and this oftentimes happens with blind people blind people if you want to rearrange the furniture you need to tell them (laughs) you need to tell them i'm going to move the couch a foot in the other direction because the bottom line is they've memorized where all the furniture in the house is i guarantee goddamn it Deaf people, oftentimes people are really close to deaf people, learn sign language because there are deaf people who can read lips. That's not uncommon. That's actually less uncommon than you'd think. Than you'd think. But the primary way they learn to communicate is sign language. So you learn sign language to make it easier for them to talk to you. And often times they will sign at you and if you don't know what they're saying, you need somebody to translate. And that's not cool. So, the idea that this entire, like the entire upper crust of this kingdom, including the little shit Dida, the little shit that Dida is at the beginning of the show, (laughs) that you perceive Dida as at the beginning of the show, has learned sign language, it's this huge hint to you that they all deeply care about this, that they all deeply care about this kid, and this kid deeply cares about them. And it's like a, it's a two-way street, and they have taken the effort to make sure that he can be included. And... In all, with the exception of Dida at the, in the beginning of the show, he comes around later, um, for reasons, which we'll get to. He, everyone in this kingdom is worried about Boji becoming king. Not because they don't love and care for and cherish Boji, but because they can't, the, the limit of their imagination does not extend to this small deaf child 
can rule a nation. And anybody who knows anybody with a disability is what, in a, in a real meaningful way, can probably tell you like no, they're they're better than you at everything. <laughs> like they they're still human, but they 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 have access to a kind of information and understanding and empathy that you would never like you would never believe and if like and the show goes going from the minute go just puts that on display at all points so here's what i want to talk about king boss and king boss's backstory is essentially that he was a giant who wanted who before he knew what he was doing when he was still like a young dumb idiot wanted to become the strongest in the world and proceeded to do this with really without the knowledge of the consequences and he had a reason for it he was fighting for like a village and all this other stuff but he really didn't understand the consequences when he signed the contract kind of thing and this literal embodiment of Satan shows up. Says like, yes, sure, but I get her body. I get Moranjo, who is a side character here, body at the end of this because she's the architect of this deal. And Moranjo, because she was a... She was orphaned because the king killed her father and because he was basically like I'm a strong I'm a strong I want to be the strongest this guy seems strong let's fight him and then oops he dead but his mother healed him because his mother was like doing her best to like be like guys are fucking assholes my this guy killed my dad killed my husband but he but my husband agreed to fight him to the death so what the fuck did he think was gonna happen the guy, the goddamn giant. The guy, the strongest giant, also. It, you know, like. At every point in this show, there's. There are moments where characters could just not. And kind of Boji's superpower in this show, though he has fucking nightmarish superpowers, which is great. <laughs> As it sh fucking should be. Um, is that in order to stop the kind of, like, global level of conflict that is happening, there has to be a character who is not going to, is going to just put a stop to it. Just stop. Who is going to not retaliate. Who is going to, who is going to, A, not retaliate, but be strong enough to keep further to like keep further attacks at bay and it, many times in the show short of Moranjo's mother short of Moranjo short of the female mother characters in this show who are Moranjo's mother and um Boji's mother respectively nobody does that nobody says no, I won't, like, what you did was evil and terrible, but to retaliate to that 
wouldn't do any good. In fact, it would be worse. And the result is that, like, you've all these webs of bullshit that pile up because of adults, mostly, and most entirely male adults because of when it takes place, butting heads against each other constantly. And with the exception of Deathpa, who's, um, who is, um, Boji's teacher, nobody stops and, like, nobody pauses and is like, uh, this is, this is bad. Like, we need to stop, <laughs> we need to stop spitting fire at each other before the world around us burns to the ground. And the, and the reason that Boji is able to see that is because he's not, he's not bound, he's not bound to the same, in the same way that everyone else is. Because he lives in a world where he really needs to be strong in a way that no one can deny it. And that is not uncommon for disabled people. In that, like, until you do the thing as big and as loud as you can, no one will believe you can. And I... I am living proof of this. People do, did not believe that I was capable, that I was physically or mentally, key point, capable of doing certain things throughout my life. And until I did it in front of them, until I put my foot down and said, you know what, let's just, let's do this, let's, let's get this out of the way. This is the only way that, like, anyone in the, anyone in the room is about to move forward. They did not under. They did not live in a world where someone like me could do those things, or could do the things that they could, that they have only ever imagined a fully able-bodied person could do. And this is this is another important thing about this show. Is that. One of the most important things it says about disability is that it says that physical disability does not equal mental disability. And mental, and those things should be held separately. But in, all too often they are held in the same vein. I cannot tell you the amount of people who have presumed I would have, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was functionally incapable of academic achievement because I have a physical disability. And a lot of that is related to the fact that my brain literally works different than other people's brains because my physical disability is a result of brain of surviving brain cancer. But I am no fucking idiot. And one of the, if you've if you've ever seen a person with a disability frustrated in a situation 
that might have something to do with it because people approach people with disabilities with such unintentionally insulting kindness in the same in like the same way that you would approach a small child that you you hear it in people you hear people i've heard it many disabled people have heard it you hear people start to adopt the like oh would, would you like some help <laughs> and your instinct is not only do I not need help, but I don't want it from whatever voice came out of you. You don't look like that's your tone. Fucking fix your shit. And so many people in Boji's life were treating like that were treating him like that on purpose and not on purpose. Ultimately Hilly found that she was treating to treating Boji like that on per like by accident, basically. And she, like, soon corrects for this. And she makes the correction when it happens to her. When it happens, because... Um, it, she realizes, like, oh, hey. Um, we, we screwed up. We're terrible at this. And ultimately, all of the, all of the, um, characters do... Make this correction pretty, pretty astoundingly and very on purpose. And there are and there are there are characters who are straight up like doing like the best version of themselves from the minute go because they are because they're just good people and because they have this. They have this core understanding of the world that some people, that if I'm perfectly honest, some people get, some people don't get. That is a, an appreciation for the level of struggle and the level of and the level of cruelty that pre-exists in the world that they feel like they don't want to add anything else to it. And also the the thing that does I will say help it helps Boji in his um in everything is he is like the the first prince of this massive well respected kingdom. But nonetheless, many of the many, 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 many of the characters don't want Boji become king because they're worried. They're worried about the kingdom, and lots of people would say, legitimately so. But like I keep saying, any disabled person can say, "No, fuck you." <laughs> like he, he is no different from the. The thing that needs to change is not him, the the ruler. The thing that needs to change is the kingdom. He could sit on the throne and sign to an and sign to a crowd and a translator, 
could just tell them what he's saying. Could you could have a voice of the king, and in many ways, that's what um, that's actually what Kage serves as. He is Boji's voice for the characters who straight up are like, don't know what he's saying. <laughs> we're we're not there like that yet. And he's also the interpreter for the audience. And it's pretty quickly accepted, like, no, little shadow demon that follows Boji around is important. Don't kill it. Also, good luck trying to kill it. Nobody's really been able to. Also, Boji's a nightmare child and can skin you like a fish with a rapier. So yeah, don't don't go trying to stab Kage. It's not a it's not a not a great life plan. The one exception who seems genuinely cruel in a way that is like he he ain't he hasn't as far as I can tell he hasn't learned sign sign language yet. He isn't like interested in he's like genuinely mean to Boji. There's like. By episode three, he is attempting to, to bully the shit out of Boji and hilariously failing until Boji's just like, ah, for plot reasons, I'm going to let myself get beat, um, is Dida. And Dida is Hilling's, is Hilling's son, is Hilling's proper son. And he's the second prince of the kingdom of Boss. And... He's all the while being read by, being led along by this magic mirror. You find out later it is essentially Miranjo, but that's a but that's a different that that's neither here nor there with the way Dida is acting because Dida is acting like a spoiled brat prince who wants who happened to be born second, but thinks he is the most the most. the best choice for the throne and the future of the kingdom. But the way he demonstrates that, because he's like fucking nine or something, is he picks on his older brother because his older brother has a disability, essentially. And the the other thing that you have to realize about this show is that it's very much taking place in a medieval time setting and in a medieval-like way. And so... When Hilly is encouraging her son to go after the kingdom, is that because she hates Boji? Absolutely not. It's probably because she wrongly believes that, like, Boji would be better off, and not necessarily wrongly, but, like, wrongly because of her estimation of, of Boji's capabilities, believes that Boji would be better off if he wasn't, if he wasn't, Burdened by the responsibilities of ruling a kingdom. So she's pushing Dida. And also she, like, loves her legitimate son. And, like, wants him to be everything he can be. So, like, those two motivations meet well. So she's trying to help him engineer him his way into, um, into into the crown. 
And Dida, and this is like a this is like a key moment for Dida, ultimately ends up being challenged by Boji to a sparring match, to a sword sparring match. And when every and everybody gathers around because A, it's two it's the two it's the country's two princes, it's the kingdom's two princes about to fight each other, and B this looks very one-sided to people who do not understand what Boji is capable of. Key, key point, two, two people in the kingdom are probably aware of what the hell Boji is capable of. And those two people are um, a character named Babin, who's, a, who's like a shadow sword master, and a character named... Um, What's his name? He's the, he's like the goodest boy. Um, a character named um, what's his face? Named named Hokuro, and Hokuro knows because he saw Boji like essentially playing with this gaggle of snakes who are under Babin's control usually, and he's just like dodging the snakes, having a fun time. Seems like he's playing with snakes are getting themselves tied in knots, trying to catch him, and they can't. And Babin knows because he a he commands the snakes and b like there's like a there's a giant three headed snake that is now a one and a half headed snake. We'll get to that in a second. Um, who tra- who trained Boji to basically be able to lightning fast dodge anything bullet. No problem. Speeding plane, no problem. Train, easy. Just can do it at any time from any distance. And so what the result is, is because Boji has this gift that was given to him by the fact that he is disabled and that he honed and sharpened with help from, and this is very true, a giant disabled snake god. I'm not kidding. He just is like, he is making Dida look like an asshole. And then his teacher, Damas, who the entire time is like watching, watching Boji, this kid who he's been like shackled to, to train the entire... For most of Boji's life, and who has like just barred with Dida, and has, like felt the same kind of intensity that might turn into something like King Boss's intensity, and been like, I want to train this kid. This kid is where it's at. Holy shit! Is watching Boji and it's like, holy shit. Dida was like close to giving me a little bit of trouble. He can't touch Boji. He can't, like, Dida's not going to win this. He's, Bo- Boji is not going to win because he strikes Dida down. Boji is going to win because Dida is going to run out of stamina and fall over. And then he yells at Boji, and this is, this is really important. This is really important. That is not the swordsmanship of a king. And this is 
this is a really common thing, and they, they bring up a bunch of common things throughout. Of they bring up a bunch of refrains that are said to people with disabilities by society as a whole in this show that are very important, and that key point Kage immediately. It's always the dissenting voice of like, that's bullshit and you suck. And he, by saying that, Boji's like, oh, this isn't how I'm supposed to do it. And he just lets himself get hit. Because he knows he can't block it. He's not strong, not physically strong enough to do that. So he just lets himself get hit. And Dida kicks the shit out of him from that point on. After which... Kage, who was, like, warming up to him, is like, yo, um, I'm on your side for the rest of time, no question, fucking number one wingman at all time, you do not need to ask, I'm fucking there, I wanna be, let's do this, because he sees, he sees that while there has been some parts of Boji's life that have been helped by royalty and why people have why people have made the attempt attempt to like learn sign language or all this other stuff no one's really comfort no one is really breaking the world around them to make a place for this kid. And that's not uncommon. And that's... And it's not it's not something that a disabled person would ever ask you to do. I would never ask you to do it. But it is something that should probably happen. And there is so much that is put on to people of... There's so much that is unintentionally put on people with more challenges by society that could just be done away with. Just be eliminated. And, like, you wouldn't suffer, but somebody else would have that much more ability to, to succeed. And, so... Perfect example. This is a perfect example from America. Key point. The ADA. The American with Disabilities Act. That thing states that in, in order for a building to be viable at all in America, it needs to have... If, it, if it's more than one story... If it's more, if if you have any stairs in the building, there needs to be a way for a wheel for somebody with a wheelchair to get up there. And I think if it's a school, you need a wheelchair lift too. Like you need, that's the thing you need. <laughs> um, and it needs a wheelchair ramp outside. If you build a building in in America, those things are required. And and like. Handicapped parking spaces exist because of the ADA. There are clearances that everybody needs to check. Those little red pat, those little red bumpy pads on sidewalks right before you um, right before you cross a crosswalk are 
brake pads for wheel ch- for people in wheelchairs. And I'm sure they also double as, um, as uh, what's it called? As things to be felt by um, walking canes for the blind, um, because. Design is a funny way of dual tasking for stuff like that in a way that's really efficient. Um, mostly so, no, mostly not because they wouldn't want to do both in separate parts, but because they want to make sure that some city official can't just say no to one because assholes and money. Um, but those things allow for people with those things allow especially for people in wheelchairs. To go anywhere. And think about if you if you're listening outside of America or if you're listening in America, think about the last time you were if you've ever been to America or if you're living in America, that you've seen a building without handy without handicap access. You'll notice there's not a whole lot. And the ones that are are historical. Because th- George H.W. Bush passed off, passed ADA in like the, I think the like mid 90s. Um, but the, the world of Ranking of Kings has, is giving, is giving no, is giving no, is it easing in any way to allow for difference in both the case of Boji and in Kage's case it's part of the reason they find kind of solitude in each other and you eventually see characters along the way who do make that space who do understand especially Despa that like He's not disabled. He's just not... He's different. And that's a very different... And that's a very... And those things are very different. Part in the repetitiveness there. Than each other. Being disabled means not to be able to do things. Being... And it's part of the reason why people want to use the term differently abled. Being differently able means that you can do everything. It just doesn't look anything like what what it looks like when somebody who has a fully normalized body and existence does for that same purpose. And nobody's making nobody is recognizing that the that the that phrase is, that the phrase that is not the swordsmanship of a king that that Damas says to Boji it's just a cop out. It's a societal norm that doesn't need to be there, that has not harmed any that not truly harmed anybody up until now, but because it exists, it presents true harm to Boji and therefore should just be tossed out the window like in this moment he should have been like ah 
You know what? Never mind. Keep doing your thing, kid. Just show him. Shows you in later on, in the same way that later on you see Hilly's real, you see Hilly's real feelings and like true faith in a way. Shows you that Domus just like he's gonna take a little bit more time in the oven to get to done. Like he 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 he's a dumbass. And also, and this is important. I'm gonna um the next thing I'm gonna talk about is um around Dorshi and Hilling have to do with this too. But in um Princess Monoki there is this small character arc that happens to Ashitaka and later and later Lady Eboshi where them being disabled at different point them being disabled or differently abled at different points in the show prompt them to make a huge character leap. So for Ashitaka, as soon as he's, as soon as his, I believe his right arm is cursed and becomes fucking dangerous, and he has a, a functional disability that he chooses to, to see himself with because he's not going to use his right arm because it will murder a dude. <laughs> um, he grows in ways that he couldn't have if he was still the prince of of the village that he was from. And then by the end of that movie, spoiler alert for Princess Mononoke, Lady Eboshi has her arm bitten off. And up until now, you've seen that like Lady Eboshi deeply cares about actual disabled people. <laughs> like, she, she gives refuge to, like, a huge community of lepers who have like no limbs in some cases, cannot move, cannot can barely breathe of like nine hundred. <laughs> but her losing her arm causes her through that loss to like be like, oh, this this was not the way. I fucked up. I lost my arm because of my own hubris. I need to Use my my skill and ability in a way that makes the world better instead of worse. And that, and you see that in, you see that in Domus when he, ultimately when he loses his hand. You see that in Dorshi, in, in, um, in Dorshe, when he like loses an eye and a leg. And you saw that, and you see that. Previously in, um, in the, like, three-headed snake missing one's, missing one's, missing one head and one head is totally blind and the remaining head is blind in one eye snake that is, that helps to train Boji. You see them all soften at the edges once they are living with their own disabilities. You see that Doma seems to understand I was the fuck up when I told Boji that isn't the swordman of a king. Because I essentially told him, this isn't your place and it's not your fault. Go away, kid. And that plus a scene much later in the show where 
Mirando has come to like the conclusion like oh oh no I fucked up I I fucked this thing I fucked it all the way up this sucks and she tells Boji to essentially kill her she goes full euthanasia and asks Boji to do it because essentially because he's there and because she knows he's strong enough to do it and Kage's response to everyone, like, in the vicinity, everyone watching this about to happen, like, why the fuck are you making him do this? Why are you, the able-bodied adult, the one with the most ability, not saying to him, no, you don't have to do this. I will do this. And in the moment when they have to make that chance again, when Boji had to um, fight his his dad, who at that point had taken over um, Dida's body for like a good long while now, um, when they when they see that he has to fight him, they kind of remember that same sentiment. They're like, no. No, you, you're the top, you're, you're king, like, we're not as strong as you, we know this, but also, it is our duty to not force you to fight your fucking dad. We already made you kill your dad's friend from college, like, that wasn't cool. And this, this... There's this understanding in this show. And this is probably its real understanding, not necessarily just the understanding of, like, how to display a disabled main character with respect and with caring and all of those things. In a way that, not, I want to be clear, not even something like Full Metal Alchemist gets right. Full Metal Alchemist is a great show with great, with, like, a great cast of characters who are disabled and not disabled. But at the end of the day, Alphonse is a full-body cyborg, essentially. That's a different conversation. Um, Ed has an auto-male arm that for all intents and purposes works the same as a real arm. And he can modify it to have a sword on it. So, like, yes, he's disabled, but it doesn't functionally matter constantly. Unless you, like, read all the way into it and also you get to the, to the end of Brotherhood and you see the thing where they're like, we're just going to put all these disabled people in a room and torture them until they scream bloody murder. And it's, it's not fucking great. <laughs> it's not fucking great. Oh, wait, we let an able-bodied person in? Let's fix that! You're blind! <laughs> it's just fucked. It's the worst. And, like, that's to make you hate Father, the main character in that show, the main antagonist of that show. But, like, it, it, it not, it's not a great feeling to watch that and be like, oh, uh, oh, fuck you too, Father? That seems unnecessary. You suck. Um, but 
in that moment, they remember that and they're like, we made this mistake before. And specifically Damas, he does his best to not make the same mistake twice. And so many of these characters do their best to learn from the mistakes. And like Damas at some point even asks, but he's like, please, I, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I should have known not to like kill you on the word of the crown because the crown is clearly in the wrong and maybe the whole world is fucked because I should have known not to tell you that that's not the swordsmanship of a king because that is clearly just you don't get to play because you're different kid oops sorry go away like he he had this character arc that is like a result of him picking the wrong answer every time the first the first on the first try every time and that's really what that's what it takes for some people that's what it takes for people to understand that they were wrong is to like it's for someone to straight up tell them like you know you fucked up, right? You know this is wrong. If you don't, you should. Here's why. And oftentimes, the like that voice in the room who's doing that is just Kanye being like, "What the fuck are you making the like? Sure, he can do this, but he shouldn't have to. You've got two working ears, asshole. Do it. Also, aren't you like forty-five? Do it, prick. You deserve better than you. <laughs> but you're here to fix it. And it's just, it. Those kinds of sentiments, those realities of being a disabled person in, out in the world are so rarely demonstrated and so rarely clearly, clearly said in a way that you can't that you can't escape it so at the end of I'm gonna um give you the last lines of Full Metal Alchemist at the end of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood at least he kind of ends with this cheesy quote at least in the dub where he says the, the heart really is made full metal and by that point you know that like he has sacrificed his alchemy in order to get his hand, his arm, and Al's body back. But he didn't get his leg back. So he's traveling the world with basically as with like a real solid disability of not being able to use alchemy, but also not being a, like not having a leg. And and that and that's where they kind of leave that. But in so few shows, in so few shows about people with disabilities, do they show the world around a person with a disability with such honesty? And one of the great things about, interestingly, a silent voice, another disabled anime property anime property about a disa- with a disabled main character 
do they show the world do they show people in the world realizing oh we fucked up and for it it, it would genuinely like heartwarming to see that they essentially made a movie where the main character of a silent voice, I forget his, na- his name, the, the male protagonist of a silent voice, is made to pay the price for, you led to believe they skip over intentionally, his like period of mass depression. It led to pay for his transgression, the being head asshole little kid bully of disabled other kid of disabled little girl with like years of like contemplating suicide and being ostracized because everybody was like oh yeah he was the one he was the reason that that girl transferred out we all feel bad but like we can put our onus the onus of our misdeeds on him because we stopped when we were told. We felt bad. He kept going. He's the piece of shit. When really the like bottom line is they're all a little bit the piece of shit there. But like he he ignored the adults and kept picking on her. And in in this show and that show is about him coming to and that film is about him coming terms with that that he did that and making amends and her not just forgiving him but like falling in love with him because he through his own personal growth becomes the kind of person who disregards all the ephemera of the world as it is to be able to like help her have a place to be next to him it's the way I would put it. Um, sorry about the sirens. My windows are open. Um, but this show is that to like the nth degree in many of the characters. Once again, maybe with the exception of Despa, who is this like teacher of martial arts and this person who is supposed to be able to like bring out the true strength of any man and works with Boji to like until Boji ultimately mastered the death paw arts and become like straight up the show states it pretty early on Boji's the strongest character <laughs> there's no there's no alternative there the only reason why he can't beat one of the characters is because they're an immortal death demon but, like, he, he, he is the monster that goes bump, in, Boji essentially by the middle of the show is the monster who goes bump in the night. He is this show's Gojo, Sotaro Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. And, like, everybody full on realizes this. And Kage, who, like, is very proud that Boji can like incapacitate a foe and but and the key point is Boji it, pretty early on after he learns 
actually matches Death Paw or puts it on full display in the bar in like a rig in like a in like a fight that's set up in the bar, but still. Um, it's set up for the reason of like to put him in a real combat scenario. But Bochi uses his like needle blade that's really just a small rapier to incapacitate a foe like nine times his size. And Kage says, oh, so, like, you taught him how to incapacitate people but not kill them. That's cool. <laughs> Death Mom straight up is like, no, 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 I taught him how to kill people and make that choice of not to kill them. <laughs> Key difference. And, like, there's this moment where, like, Boji's whole, like, his upper half of his body ombre the black and you just see his eyes glowing like the tiny death bird murderer. Kanye's like, oh, 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 fuck. Oh, Jesus. Boji can murder a fool just as easily as he can incapacitate them. He just wanted to be sure that he didn't oops kill people with this one. That's why you checked the guy's pulse. I realize that now. Fuck. Uh, and like, in that moment, he becomes the strongest thing in the show. He becomes the thing in the show that can do the impossible. And a lot of that is because he is disabled. And as soon as everyone around him realizes that, they're like, oh, none of... Yeah, none of us can beat him. No one here can beat him. This is bad. We are screwed. If we go against him ever. And that's really... That's really important. Because up until now, the character that was assumed about was Boss. Was King Boss. King Boss was like the big bad... It's the big bad evil thing looming over this story because he has some deal with Miranjo and he's like not willing to give it up because he's like he has seen what was done to Miranjo and like rightfully he in his head like she deserves better and um then another character who like really vocalizes this and that's Athos and you're led to believe that like Miranjo just showed him her memory and he's like oh fuck I need to belong to you forever too like, he's not enough. Like, he's more than enough, but also, please take me. Um, and you're led to believe that that was always there with Boji. And the reason Dida didn't see it, and you see this when Dida's body gets taken over, Dida gets essentially, like, trapped in his own mind. His consciousness gets trapped in his own mind. Dida has a moment where he, like, forced into empathy and it's like, this is just sheer darkness and silence and I'm alone in the world. And it occurs to him because he's he just he, he's it's very much see you very much see that he's not an asshole, he's just a dumb kid. He he's like, This is this what it's like for my brother? This is terrible. <laughs> Wait, am I a terrible person because I've been picking on him when he's been going going through it in the realest fucking way 
for his entire life. And then I came along and I'm just a big old bag of dicks to him every day for no reason. Other than I assumed he was weak. I can't take this shit. I owe him a huge apology. <laughs> like, I owe him a debt of gratitude for putting up with me, probably. But, like, also, the biggest apology. Like, when I got out of here, I'm giving him the crown because I suck. It's very much what you see him realize and you see... You see him, and you see this with lots of kids, actually. You see him miss... You see him just, by choice, miss the off-ramp to becoming a full-on sociopath in that moment. You just see it happen. You see him make the choice of, like, I need to be a real human. I, I, I need to not be the cruelty that has driven the world up till now. And that's when he's a presented with, like, the consciousness of, with, like, the childhood innocence, essentially, of Moranjo, who was, like, beaten half to death and had her face heavily disfigured and, like, had her hands chopped off because she was essentially the child of a, of a healer, of a magician, in a war, in a time when they were heavily like hunted and pillaged and abused for profit and glee, and at that point in the series, I took notes on this. I've been using a new like hand to digital note taking system. At that point in the series, I wrote down. Wait. All of the all the cruelty swirling around in the world is really the it's the adults. It's the adults who have like built up this debt of like cruelty and of betrayal and of tragedy that not only could have been avoided, but should have been avoided because now their kids are dealing with it. You meet a character who's a like a, this big um who's this giant orc who became a criminal because he was fighting with um, the Death family to defeat the to defeat like Daddy Death which is spelled D-E-F I say Death because one's name is Death Pa the other name is Death Ha and these last, the third one's name is Oku which you know rhyming and names and whoa um, and they were all attempt to unseat their father because their father had gone insane and like started just murdering people in the underworld and they're like maybe this should be run like the underworld and not like a hellscape um and they had a this giant ogre who agreed to fight with them only death pa be having you know going against his own father did not have a whole lot of options as to an army so he just went out and used a bunch of money to hire a whole bunch of mercenaries who were real pieces of shit and started picking on ogre children and one day the this ogre character just was like you tied this kid to a post and have been stabbing him and shooting him with arrows for the last hour 
Oh, fuck. You guys... You guys gotta die now? And he became... But Deathpaw... And Deathpaw later said to him, like, Listen, man. You deserve to be angry at me. You deserve free shots at me. I was young. I was a fucking idiot. And I should have never put you in that position. I'm the piece of shit here. Least I can do is take you back to the underworld and offer you a job. You get to stay out of harm's way. I'm not putting you back in jail. You deserve to stay out. Like, I suck. Let me fix this for you. You should probably be on the force on the... A part of the Death Knights anyway, because we might fuck up in the in that department again, and that will st- and you will be like, hey man, no torturing captives. They tend to create bad ripples in the ocean that come back in giant waves later in the future. AKA your truly, and it's most pronounced in the de- in the the Death Pa Death Hod. Oku, like, storyline, because Oku is revealed to, like, be another variant of, like, the ripple becomes a wave. The, the ripple of the cruel action in the past becomes a problem in the future. But that's all over this show. In, you know, in, um, Boss's past, you see how his good deeds in the future... It, how his good deeds let, led him to make choices that in the future everyone else has to deal with, but he does it because he did. And then, but him dying, even without clarifying, like, without basically being like, hey, Moranjo, like, hey, hey, Dida, Dida, you know that mirror you talked to? Bring it here? I think I've only got a few days left. And him just straight up screaming at the mirror, like, do not bring me back to life. Like him just clarifying shit would have fixed a lot. Would have solved a lot. But because all these able-bodied adults did not fix this shit, Boji ends up having to. And that's, believe it or not, pretty fucking common. Like, the fact that, like, everything you don't do that needs to get done, somebody has to do. And all too often, the people who can avoid doing that stuff will. But what ends up happening is that stuff gets put on the least advantaged people. Office culture is a great example of this. First hired, first fired. You know, um, grunt work. The bull pit. These are all examples of like, oh, you don't want to paste the copy for the pharmaceutical company that's required in the bottom of the app? Okay, we'll just make the freelancer do it. He's not here for that, but like, you don't want to do it, so whatever. And this is really important. The stuff you, it turns out you do want to do, you can just take from them. 
And th that's the world Boji is kind of functioning in. And that's the world that a lot of disabled people function in. Unless they display such strength that you would never dare. <laughs> and in, um... In both Ranking of King... In Ranking of Kings... In, um... In Gangsta... In No Game... In No Game... In No Gun... In No Gun's Life... In... What's it called? In Full... In Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood... All those main... All those disabled characters in all those shows... Display such strength, such that like nobody, nobody makes them do shit. <laughs> like, it is the only people who talk at Nicholas in a way of authority of people in his life who have like who a deeply care about him and b have like care cared about and for him since he was little. Like Chad. Talks that like talk to Nicholas in a way that nobody else dares because everybody else is like, no, like Chad has known Nicholas and um and Warwick since like they since they appeared in the city. Like it, he gets to talk to them that way. The old lady who runs the the bodega gets to talk to them that way. Many other people don't. Because they won't tolerate it more than that. You'll lose your nose. Nicholas will take your face off with that sword. And the show shows that in Boji. The show shows that Boji is just like he is so beyond what any other what any able bodied character in not able bodied what what any I'm going to use the phrase normal, physically normal, physically quote-unquote normal person in the show is capable of that they're all like, oh, oh, we've been fucking up this whole time. And sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it totally takes that. And, like, that can backfire in unique ways if, like, the display of whatever it is, is too small or too, too small scale. But, like, I'm, I, and I'm probably going to end on this because this is already an hour and a half. But I, when I was in college, I had a friend who will remain nameless because anonymity is key here. Key here. Because there was underage drinking occurring. Because, you know, art school. Who could not handle their liquor. And they ended up drunk. And they. And I'm going to go on out of them here. And say she. Um, got real drunk one time. Her boyfriend showed up. And her boyfriend. I don't remember his name. But he was this big. Big. Big motherfucking dude. Like not tall. But like. He, he had a lot of mass on him in a way that, like, that's not fat. That's just muscle. And, like, he was obviously pissed because his girlfriend was deeply inebriated. 
she'd almost been taken advantage of, and, like, someone who he didn't know had to get into her phone to call him to get him over there to make sure she was not taken advantage of by another drunkard. Not the way he wanted his night to go. He was just pissed. It was the beginning of the end of that relationship, I'm fairly certain. But I walked out in the hallway to find him because she's like, she was asking for him at that point. I just hear pounding on the wall. Like, like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I walk out, and I like walk in the staircase, I realized it was him assaulting a wall. And like, he saw me, and he like, got a hold of himself, I'm like, she, she's asking for you. And I, and I said to him also, I'm like, thank you for not, thank you for not starting any shit. Just thank you for not starting any shit. It's hugely big of you considering, you know, the, the everything. And he goes, he's like, hey, this isn't your guys' fault, especially not your fault. You seem like a good dude. I'm like, thank you. B. And I'm not kidding when I tell you what he said. He's like, I've seen X-Men. <laughs> I know what mutation... Like, I know the fantasy version of what mutation may or may not be capable of. You seem like a cancer survivor. That seems like why you're disabled. Which means there's a mutation there. Which means, ergo, you could probably fuck me up no matter what I did. And to the damn, I'm... I did not answer him. I let him believe that. But, like, eh, not super how it works. Like, kind of? Not really? I would go down easy. But he, like, he was like, I don't want to find out if that's true. <laughs> it's already a bad day. I don't, I want to keep my teeth. I don't like, thank you, that's a huge compliment. You're probably wrong, but thank you. And he's one of the few people I've met who has, like, had conditioning in the opposite direction of, like, being able to see a disabled, per at least that I've met, being able to see a disabled person and not feel pity, but feel a kind of, like, oh, the... The potential for what that could be is insane. The only other place I've ever experienced that is in my professional life when I would be dressed immaculately and like go into a job or an interview and people like look at me like, oh fuck, he's in the same interview. He He's interviewing at this company He has to be really good at what he does. Because you don't get to where... You don't even get to the interview process. And have your arm look like that. Unless you are way better than anybody else. In, than anybody in this office. And that's not imagined. Like, people like looked at me like, oh no... Oh, oh, we're, like, he might not get this job, 
but we definitely won't get this job. <laughs> um, and to the point where I've had people be really like stupidly competitive and be and like had a girl hiss at me in an inter- like when we were both waiting to be interviewed once. And I was like, really? You want that job this badly? It's a it's a stupid layout job. You can have it. I don't care that much. Leave me alone. Um, and at this point, I don't want to, like, go through this entire thing beat for beat. A, because that would spoil more of it than I want to. B, it, I've told you kind of what I think is phenomenal about this show. And you should, you should go check this out. Ranking of Kings is, like... Ranking of Kings is one of the incredible shows we will get in the history of anime. Period. End. And and that's not just because of its, treat, its disabled main character or its, like, realistic and understanding and, like, loving treatment of that character. It's because of the way it tells its story. It's because of the simplicity with which it lays its story out in a way that feels like it's a high-minded story meant for people who don't usually get catered to by these stories. And it it lends gravity to all the gestures and oddities that you see in the present day with flashbacks and with expansions on character arcs and things like that in a way that very few stories tend to want to. And it's worth checking out. A, it's on it's on Crunchyroll. It's on Crunchyroll, dubbed in just about every goddamn language, um, but also subbed in English. So definitely go check that out. Until Sunday, when the um, next episode comes out. Um, and I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. Um, if you like the podcast, you can share it with your friends. You can rate us on whatever. Give us a really good rating, five stars, on whatever podcast app of choice you're listening to this on. And I will talk to you on Sunday.
つ日々に慣れてしまっていた」